Welcome back to the Warriors Community Podcast. It's such a good series, and I am biased because I'm the one who started the series, but I think this series is so important because stuff with church abuse, with cults is going on all over the world, and there's so many people who don't know how to talk about it or who are talking about it, and they aren't doing it in a healthy manner. It gets muddy because people get hurt and offended, and even if their hurt and offense is completely understandable when we allow the hurt and offense to stay and we begin living our lives based on that hurt and offense that have that has happened to us as legitimate as it may be it really does become like poison and i feel like that's almost a cheesy church thing to say I grew up hearing the phrase, when you hate someone, when you are hurt and offended by someone, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I feel like that can be a little overused, but there's so much truth to it because you see a lot of people who've been hurt by the church and unfortunately they do not recover. I can sit in front of a lot of people and hear their stories and go, wow, I see why you are an atheist now. I see why you believe so differently from what the church or the ministry you were in taught you to believe because of what happened to you. However, it doesn't always make that person correct. So I think it's important to talk about offense today and what is being offended and what is standing up for truth. It's a very hard conversation, especially when you get into the church, because a lot of people will think when you're honoring a leader, you do not question them. You do not speak out against them. You do not say anything bad about them, period. But unfortunately, that is not what honor is. And unfortunately, that belief system and mindset is what keeps people silent and it what's it's what keeps people in abusive situations. So we've already encountered people from the last few podcasts who have reached out to us. And I do want to pause and say I highly respect the people who have actually been bold enough and brave enough to reach out to us and say I don't agree with you. Now, we've had that happen a few different ways. I've had some people who have reached out just to tell me how terrible I am and what a a dishonoring, dramatic, extreme uh, person I am and how wrong and unbiblical I am for even speaking out against this organization. It's only bringing shame and dishonor upon the leader, which you just don't do. But I, I have also had people who have called me and said, hey, lovingly and respectfully, I don't agree. Here's why. That was not my experience, but please tell me about yours. I've had a few really difficult conversations with people. However, I believe that they were fruitful conversations. Though based on those conversations, it makes me want to have this podcast about offense and standing up for truth. I have Angela and Amanda back with me again. We've become quite the trio. Thank you ladies again for your time coming back on here and having this really hard, hard conversation. We have all been excommunicated from the organization we are a part of. We are all labeled witches. We are all Jezebels. 
and we're all rebellious. So just to bring some light to that, that is a pattern that that ministry uses when it's being held accountable. So anytime there's accountability being held with that ministry and they do not like the accountability or they are wrong and they see that they're wrong, but they don't like that you held them accountable to being wrong, or they feel threatened by you questioning something that they believe in, they will vilify you so that nobody else will agree with you and try to diminish your influence so that you no longer have any influence in anyone around you. Um, and so in that vilification, they like give you names like witch or um, Jezebel, you know, Jezebel or, you know, at rebellious. And when they give you those names, they're hoping to minimize your influence so that you're the villain and they remain the hero. They are absolutely the hero in every story. If you listen to their podcasts, their sermons, which we will not post here. If you listen to them, you will hear that in every story, every situation, the lead pastor and her sidekick are the heroes who always get it right, who always do things correctly. And again, we've said this repeatedly for a reason in every podcast, the lead pastor is the one who really hears from God, the demons you have, who you are, why your behavior is what it is. She determines basically who you are, why you are the way you are, and then how everyone is supposed to interact with you. All of it is used with Jesus name, which is what makes things so hard, especially when you are someone who comes in and maybe you don't know a whole lot about the Bible. Maybe you don't know a whole lot about God. Like we've said before, you're young, you're impressionable. So you're looking for someone who's going to do what? Point you in the right direction, point you towards God. When you are excommunicated, just like Angela said, it's because you're going against anything that the pastor believes. If the pastor has decided Angela is a witch and Liza is still associating with her, then Angela's witchcraft much must have rubbed off on her. And now Liza has a spirit of witchcraft because of Angela. So we don't need that in the ministry. So we're going to cut these two off. And anyone who speaks to them is going to get a spirit of witchcraft as well. And therefore you will be excommunicated just like a leper in the Bible. So that is the narrative that so many people have come forward and said, actually, that is 100% across the board. Anyone who we have spoken with in the last couple of months has said that in some form that that happened to them or that they were tired of watching that happen with other people. A question that I have been asked is, why am I offended? Well, you're speaking out against this. What? Why are you so offended? You have a spirit of offense. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, no, I am so far beyond offense. I was offended. I think all of us have been there. Got Amanda nodding her head. Yes, we've all been offended. Absolutely. Because we're human. Now, because Amanda, again, has influenced me to start looking up words, I <laughs> looked up what is offense? The Google definition is the action of attacking someone or something, an annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult 
or disregard for oneself, one's standards, and one's principles. Okay, so we have all certainly been attacked, right? I think everyone has said that. Again, anyone who has spoken out against what's happened, they've they've all been defamed. They've all been lied about. They've all been excommunicated. There is a perceived a perceived opinion when you are offended. Someone can be offended about something that and think it was ill intent when in fact it was not. There's so many different opinions and gray areas about that. But I think when you are truly acting and operating in an offended spirit, this is my opinion, you're really operating out of a resentful, bitter, angry, hurt heart. And that's not what we're doing here. There's a difference. You know, I even Googled what is standing up for truth mean? The Google definition says when someone defames, misrepresents, or lies about you, and you want to correct the error that is false. It can be a form of self-defense. So I would say we're three women sitting here who have all been defamed, who have all been lied about, whose character has been misrepresented over and over and over again. And not just us, it's happening to many people. There's a narrative that the lead pastor has decided about tons of people that is untrue, literally untrue, not just a perceived thought or belief. It is not what happened. It is not who that person is. And so absolutely, we want to go in and we want to correct what isn't true and we want to change the narrative. But the other reason why we're standing up for this is I think contrary to some people's belief, I think sometimes loving someone and showing them honor and respect is looking at them and saying, that's enough. You're done. Like a kid, Amanda, you said this well in a conversation, like a kid, when you correct them, it, it should be because you love them. It should be out of respect for that kid. You're not going to let them do or say certain things, right? So that's what we're doing here. I think when you are in offense, you're attacking and you're in you're in revenge. What are y'all's thoughts and opinions on that? <clears throat> I mean, I have a couple of thoughts. Yeah. Cause I double checked myself and I was like, I I fear I'm gonna be coming across as someone who is tainted, offended, hurt, that has an agenda, that has a vendetta. I kept thinking, how can I not come across that way? Because that's actually not the truth. And then my thoughts were, how do you hold someone in authority accountable publicly and say when they're abusing people and not come across as that you're offended and that you want revenge? It's it's such a hard line that is a hard one to just really govern. And I think it has to be done out of what are your motivations and what is the outcome that you want? And then that is between you and God and people will make up their minds about what they think. Oh, they're just offended. So they're just trying to get, stick it to us. People will make up their minds what they think, but most people will know what the true heart motivation of it is. Yeah. And I know that our motivation through this has been that we are tired of seeing year after year, people continuing to be hurt in the same way that we were. And, you know, it's like, well, why now? Why speak out now? Well, because we had a dear friend of ours 
reach out to us and say, hey, some questionable behavior that is abusive is happening in this ministry. And I know you guys used to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you if this happened to you? Yep. We realized years later that it was still happening and had even gotten worse. It's, it's like the saying, evil prevails when good men do nothing. That's so good. Voice to sit back and say, yeah, that happened to us. I'd probably get out of that. But we knew that they were one of many who would go through that ministry and have it happen to them. So we chose to speak out. And when we chose to speak out, shockingly, over 80% of people who have attended that ministry spoke up as well, saying they had the same abusive experience that has actually affected them as adults now. Yep. Yes. And so that's the difference between, oh, we're just offended and we want to make them, you know, we want to get back at them versus saying, hey, there's some serious abuse happening and it needs to stop. This isn't about us being offended. It's about us speaking up against your abuse. Yeah, absolutely. Amanda, you look so excited over there. Did you have any thoughts you wanted to share? She like smiled throughout that whole thing. Yeah, I was just, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so good to hear. And oh, it's like a shower. It just felt good. We're not offended. We've gone through the process of, are we offended? Are we not? Are we, is this our hurt leading us? Is like, what is our motivation? And our motivation for sure is health. Our motivation is to make sure people this doesn't happen to anybody else. And if it is happening, Hey, guess what? There's a resource with people who have gone through the exact thing that you have because the formula hasn't changed. Yeah. It was there before us. It'll be there after us. They just keep hurting people. And when this person came forward, it wasn't like a tattletelling. It was like, Hey, did, did you go through this? Yeah. Just, is it me? Is this just me? Like, am I the problem? Am I really this bad? Am I really this unlovable? Am I really this unapproachable? Am I really everything they say, all these terrible, awful words that they say, am I really a Jezebel? And is it really my fault that this, this male predator keeps coming to me? Is it really my fault that I'm attracting that? Is it really my fault that it, and I went through the same thing. Is it really my fault that they're calling me a witch? Mm-hmm. You go through everything you're thinking of and I'm sitting over here and I'm like I'm on a worship team <laughs> right <Or in>. church <laughs> how are they do they listen to themselves oh for sure and I think about even myself for sure was offended for a very long time because like I said before we're human so we're all gonna go through the wait a minute that hurt that was wrong I'm angry about that So you're going to go through those emotions and I think they should be acknowledged and not repressed. I think you should be able to sit and say, I am hurt. That was painful. I am angry. And I can't tell you how many times I wanted to drive myself back to that little town and go knock on doors or how many times I saw stuff on social media and I wanted to comment and respond to it and just let the world know that I was angry and that I did not approve and that I was so done with their actions. And I wanted to make such a statement. And my sweet dad was always the one who had to stop me. (laughs) He was always the one having to talk me down. And I remember 
years of countless conversations with my dad about what is justice. Where is the line between I just sit down and I say, okay, God, you're in charge. Justice is yours. That's what the Bible says. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to let you do your thing. And I'm going to trust that you're going to do your thing. And then I sit and work on my heart. And then when do you stand up and say, I'm going to partner with God and be a part of bringing that justice? Well, one thing I've learned about justice versus revenge is that revenge is is the it's the action of hurting someone and making sure that someone suffers that you are inflicting harm or wrongdoing on another person and then justice is righting a wrong justice is it's restorative it is putting things back in order putting things back in place and so the two are very different but they're often confused and for many years i i didn't recognize that what i wanted was revenge. But as I sat down and I had to surrender over and over and over again, I think it's a choice that you repeatedly make over and over again. I had to surrender. Okay, God, justice is yours. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to sift through my heart over time. I think I was able to re redefine what is that justice? What is vengeance and am I offended? And even still, as we have sat and listened to so many people come forward and say, Hey, this happened to me. I've had to sit and reevaluate and get on my knees and tell the Lord, I forgive them. And I love them. And so I think you're, you're, you have to be in a heart posture of continuously saying, I am not offended and refusing to swallow that and sitting and going, they are forgiving, They're, they are forgiven and naming their name and naming specifically what they're forgiven for. But like I've said so many times now, you have to have love if you're going to bring justice, because if you don't have love, you have hate and hate is going to breed the offense. Hate is going to, to breed the revenge and the bitterness and resentment. And I think you have to be open to listening to other people. Like I said, I've received some phone calls and some messages. And one girl in particular, I had a lot of respect for who came to me because to Angela's point in that organization, you just, you do not question if somebody's labeled a witch, they're a witch and you don't talk to them. If somebody's labeled um, a person that you're not supposed to talk to, then you better, you will not talk to them. They are wrong and the leader's right. So a lot of people are just going to look at us and say, oh, witches, Jezebels and not give us the time of day. But this girl did. She said, you don't understand. That wasn't my experience. And this organization is why I do what I do now, which is missions. This organization sparked the love of missions in my life. And I was like, that's great. Then don't let anything take away from that. It is what it is. If, if that is where you found your love and your passion for missions, if that is why you do what you do now, don't let anybody take that away from you because you can have two truths that oppose each other that don't cancel each other out. It is true that her love for missions was sparked by this organization. It is also true that this organization has been extremely abusive to many people. So her and I got to have a really hard conversation, but what I loved about her posture was she was open. She was willing to have confrontation 
in a healthy way. She was willing to say, I don't agree, but also be open to hearing. And both of us were able to do that. And both of us were able to learn from each other. And that's not, I mean, if you're offended, you there is no other opinion. <laughs> it's important to check yourself. I think it's important to consistently be on your knees. If we were not on our knees praying this through, the stories that we have heard, they're far beyond what I thought we would be hearing. Same. We, Amanda, you've heard tons and tons of stories of people coming to you. Yeah, I think the most heart-wrenching ones are the ones where they leave God completely, where they equate the, and rightly, I mean, I say rightly so, like, I understand it. I probably would have left too if I went through the same thing that they went through. When, but when they leave God, when they leave and they, it's not even like agnostic. They're like, I'm done. I'm done with church. I'm done with God. I'm done with salvation. I'm done with any conversation that has to do around it. That's just a whole other level of hurt. And to know that they've gone to these leaders and tried to have conversations with them and they refuse or they decline calls or they completely, they character assassinate them because they're trying to have a conversation with them that they don't really want to have because mm -hmm. they're in the wrong and they would have to say oh I was wrong for that and mm -hmm. they don't they don't produce that which mm -hmm. also means if you're not going to be if you're not going to say that you're wrong it also means you're also not offering forgiveness and forgiveness is something for us it breeds such a bravery to be able to say I forgive you yep doesn't mean you didn't do it. It doesn't mean you're not going to be held accountable. It means I forgive you. Yep. Well, and let's say for a minute, worst case scenario, all three of us were actively practicing witchcraft. Let's say we genuinely were very rebellious. And let's even say we all really do have a spirit of Jezebel in our lives. So for a minute, let's say their characteristic of us is completely correct. And they are listening to this podcast that's been confirmed. So I really am speaking to them at this moment, or at least ex-members. So uh, for those of you current members who are listening, let's say you're right. Let's say that we are who you say we are. No one has reached out to go, whoa, what's going on? Are you okay? What's what is happening? How did you get this co conclusion uh, no one, no, no one who we have made accusations about, because we certainly have made some strong, bold statements on these podcasts about people and who they are and what they've done. No one has called or messaged to go, I did do that. And I am really sorry. And it's fine. I'm not offended. I didn't, ex I don't expect, I don't expect for that to happen. I'm just saying, I would think that good, healthy leadership would go, whoa, how did we get from point A to point B? And at least attempt to fight for that person and at least attempt to build a bridge. And if it's a bridge that we never chose to, to cross, then that's fine. At least they can stand before God and go, oh, we really tried. You know, Angela was in for 11 years. She was second in command. I was a huge prominent leader at the time. And I know, Amanda, you were never officially in a leadership role, but you were around and you were older than some of the, than a lot of the ones who were in at the moment. So you had influence. So I'm just saying we've spent years 
with these people. And all of a sudden we're labeled this thing. And all of the, if you, if, if you know, you know, all of the people who are coming forward saying this happened. I don't know if that was okay. This is hard. Did this happen to you? Can I just talk through this? They all want to talk to us because we have made ourselves a place to say, Hey, are you good? Do you need some encouragement? Do you need prayer? Do you need some resources, books, therapy, whatever? They've all come to us, but they've all been in trouble for speaking to us. I would even challenge those who are listening, who like this one girl who called me and said, but my love for missions was sparked by this. Absolutely. There are good things that have come out of here. I mean, this organization is where I learned about the Holy Spirit. I had, I had never really learned about that before. So I think a lot of people could sit in a room and go through all the good that they learned, but I don't know anyone who could sit in a room and say anyone who has left anyone who is currently there, who can say, this is a good, healthy, thriving ministry that I would recommend to my family, to my friends, this is a leader, a pastor that I would bring anyone to who is really hurting. And I know there would be good fruit. I, if, if you're out there and you can say that, please message me, please, because I don't believe that you exist. I really don't. So if you do, and you're brave enough to say something, please do that. I would actually have a lot of respect for it. To be honest, I, I I don't know someone who can look back and go, yeah, all together, that was really good and healthy. Do y'all? No. Well, and something I would say back to that is, of course, we know not all ministries are healthy. We understand that. But at the same time, in knowing that not all ministries are healthy, there's a difference between being an unhealthy ministry and being an abusive ministry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we have to know that not every single person in that abusive ministry is going to experience abuse, right? Um, a molester doesn't molest every single person, <laughs> right. you know? So not everyone's going to experience abuse when over 50, even when there's 20, 30%, but unfortunately this ministry has over like 50% of its former members are estranged. They have been either kicked out or they have been told that something was wrong with them, or they have left themselves and have a lot of trauma from it. When you have that kind of track record (laughs) with a ministry, it's really easy to say, Hey, this is obvious abuse. Um, There's no all is good. All is bad, obviously. But at the same time, just because there is good, doesn't mean that the bad is okay to keep out. At some point, the bad has to be held accountable and it may not have been everyone's experience, but it was well over 50% of people's experience. And unfortunately, and if you talk to those people, they all thought it was just them and just their experience. And they didn't know other people were being damaged as well. And then when they began to talk it out, they realized, wow, it wasn't just me. So many people around me were being damaged, which I think brings some healing to them. We've had people weeping or people who don't have anything to say because they're so shocked, like, wait a minute. I wasn't the only one. Amanda and I were on a call. Oh, God. And 
I'm sitting there, we're, we're sitting there talking to this girl and I'm going, you realize that's assault, right? You realize that's coercion. That's defamation. You, you realize that's rape, right? She was in total disbelief and it just started crying, just going, oh my gosh, it is. Oh my gosh. Because you get brainwashed enough or things happen repetitively enough that you start to minimize and you start to go, maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe it isn't what it seems, or it's just so much is piled up on top of it. You don't know how to sort through what happened. So when you really take pause and start talking it out and you start to hear the feedback from other people and connect dots, it's really shocking. Is I always tell people, look at the fruit. And like Angela, you said, most people who have been through this organization are still traumatized or have worked incredibly hard to put their lives back together. And a lot of them are not believers anymore. A lot of them have walked away from God in the church. And it is the most heartbreaking, like Amanda said. Well, let me piggyback off of that. Some people may be asking, okay, they're saying abuse. What are they deciding abuse is? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, abuse. So the abuse in this ministry, unfortunately, um, we're talking about men who are sexually abusing women and the women are being told it was their fault yep, that yeah. they were dressed wrong. They, they were asking for it with their actions. They, um, you know, they had a demonic spirit on them that drew it to them. Well, that's abuse. <laughs> that's, and the men were not at all held accountable. We're talking about people who have confessed to horrendous crimes. And when someone said, Hey, this isn't right. This needs to be turned in. That person was told that they, that they were ostracized from the community and they would never be allowed to be a part of the community. And how could they want to turn this person in? And, you know, we only handle things in house. We don't ever ask for outside help. Yep. That's abuse. That's allowing a predator to prey. Unfortunately, this was on a child and not holding them accountable. Yep. You know, uh, abuse is, you know, pulling people into rooms full of people to tell them how awful they are and how they're not good leaders and they're not good people and how they need to fix things if they want to go to heaven. And if they want to even be a part of the ministry, I mean, it's, it's basically that's abusive. It's making people think that they were the only way to get to heaven. They were the only people that would ever care about them. They were the only way to find the life that they were looking for. And if they didn't go along with what they were being told, they, that, I mean, that's abuse right there, you know, being asked to spy on your friends and report back if your friends were doing things that the ministry didn't think was kosher or correct or morally right. That's abuse. When you know? legally, if that is your, and when legally that's your landlord, like in legal terms, that's your right. landlord telling you to spy on your roommate. That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. And, and this, the lady, she employed people. She had a radio station where she employed people and she housed is housing currently yeah. um, people inside of houses that she has in her possession. Mm -hmm. And she's literally uses their job and their home as collateral against them to have them do what she's asking them to do. Yep. That is abuse. Yep. 
So, I mean, we're not just talking about someone was mean to somebody and someone's offended or someone has a different political standpoint and someone's offended. No, there's actual literal abuse happening. Racism. Um, and no one's been talking about it for years. Racism. Yeah. Yeah. We Lots listen. of racism. Yes. We had a girl, this, we, and, and, I, and I say this because she posted this publicly. She is mixed. I think one parent is black, one parent is white. And she started dating a black guy and was told she was impure and, and we don't mix our races and, and that she would be going to hell for doing that. But the problem is that she's already mixed. So is she already damned to hell? And when she asked that question, she was, she was taken through a forced deliverance. There was no clear answer. It was just, well, then deliverance. You're right. Thank you for defining that. I think when, when you're offended, it is a perceived insult. It's a perceived, this was mean, this was wrong. I didn't like that. And that's its own thing. But when you have people whose lives are literally damaged, when you have actual crimes that are have been confessed and are being covered up and protected, and when you have people who are committing crimes that are excused because they only committed that crime under the influence of a demonic spirit, and if we deliver them from that spirit, they'll never do that crime again. But then the problem is, is that people don't ever really get free from their deliverances, so they repeat crimes, and they just think we need more deliverance, or that deliverance didn't take, so we have to do it again. That when that's your only solution, and and it is a big belief. We handle things privately here. We don't handle things with the police. I don't know how many times phone calls from the police have been declined or ignored from that ministry because of crimes that were confessed and uncovered. And then nobody wanted to talk because, you know, we handle things in house. So, well, and not just that, but how many times have they taken, like, I know for a fact that they took a lady who was autistic and try to take her through deliverance to cast a demon out of her. And the deliverance was painful to watch. And it was sick because you had this autistic person who doesn't understand what's going on and people are yelling around her, casting out demons. Yep. What'd you say, Amanda? Just to clarify for autism. For autism. Yeah. 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 To get it out of her. So to, to sum up this conversation, because it's so good and we could keep going. To sum this up, I think sometimes, again, I'm gonna, I know I've repeated this a few times, but I repeated on purpose a few times. I think love looks like putting an end to things. I think it goes beyond when you're offended, it's about you. And when you're taking revenge, it's about you. It's about relieving your hurt and your pain. But this is a community of people who have been silenced and a community of people who have either not sought help because they don't know that they can be helped. They've been made to believe that they're far beyond any help. You know, deliverance is the fix all, right? Well, they've been through multiple deliverances that didn't take. So therefore who and what can help them now? Or, or you have a community of people who have worked very hard to put lives back together and to do therapy and, and have a healthy life. So when, when you've got that going on and you, and you have a list of crimes, so there's a lot of injustice legally. I think there comes a point where love looks like you have to stand up for those 
who either don't know that they can stand up for themselves or or they they don't know where to start and they want to, but they don't have the resources. I think there's power in numbers. So when you stand up and you say, okay, we're we're done here, you're done here. I think that's powerful. And it doesn't have to take being offended. It doesn't have to take being angry to do something like that. So I have really loved the bravery of those who have come out either to say, can we talk? This is, can I share my story? That's why I named this the Warriors Community. We have much more of an offline presence right now than we do an online one, but I'm loving the people in group messages who are atheists, mm-hmm. who have actually started saying, okay, so you're still a Christian? You still go to church? Why? How could you? And there's a dialogue and, a, and conversations that are happening now with people who have completely thrown out God altogether, who are finally able to talk through some things and go, okay, maybe I can acknowledge that God is real because they're seeing a different side of him they didn't know before. Um, I think that's so perfect and healthy. And I think when when you get people together, even who didn't share your experience, like this one girl who called and said, I don't know if I agree. Just the fact that she was willing to have a conversation and hear a different narrative than what she had been told and made to believe. I just find so healthy and respectable. That's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why this conversation is so important. And if we are an itty bitty town in Texas, I know that there are so many organizations all over the world who have similar stories, who have similar situations. And I think it's important for people to know as well that they can speak up. There's one form of abuse that keeps running through my mind and it's neglect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one that probably none of us experienced leaving. <laughs> yeah. We were kicked out. So you can't neglect something that you're saying no to, right? And so to the people like the girl who reached out and said, hey, that wasn't my experience. Um, that's how I was the first five years. I would see y'all stories and hear about y'all stories through them and y'all. Um, and some things would match and some things wouldn't. And I would think that's odd. And I'd still go and still go and still attend. Um, and it wasn't until I was on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, that's a thing. So they weren't joking. They weren't embellishing. They weren't, they like y'all were not lying. Y'all were not these things that they said that y'all were, but they are these things that y'all say they are. And so for me, looking back, if you're that person, if you're that person who's looking at it and listening to us and saying, you know, that wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. And I would ask you, how often do they reach out? How often do they see how your life is going? Because I have ministers who I've met at one time who are still intimately involved in my life and my marriage, praying for us on a daily basis, who continued to reach out, who continued that connection. But it's like, once you've left, and I don't want to put words out there, but when you left, was it you doing the reaching out or was it them? Mm-hmm. From what I've heard, it's been from people, it's been, well, I mean, that wasn't my experience, but also I did kind of drop off the face of the earth when I left. They didn't reach out to me. They don't talk to me anymore. They don't. That's a really good point, Amanda. And I would say if you're in a ministry and you're seeing illegal things happen and you're seeing abuse happen, 
to find someone that's going to help you speak up and speak out. Yep. That be a very big red flag that you're involved in something that needs to stop. Yep. That it's God, no matter how much they say it's of God, no matter if there's good mixed in with the bad, no matter how good their sermons are, as we've seen, unfortunately, headlines of Brian Houston and just recently him, unfortunately, protecting his dad who <clears throat> preyed on a lot of young girls and, and hurt them. And just realizing, hey, if you see something going on, you need to speak out about it. And as far as criminal activity goes, I'll say this and we can wrap up. You know, God established government. He established the law. He did that in the Old Testament way in the beginning. So God is the one who formed our order in the law and the government. And are there corrupt people who are involved in that? Yeah, we're human. Yes, there are people who operate illegally and operate without character and integrity in that. But overall, it was created by God. So you should have a ministry you should be in a, in a, in a ministry and under leadership who abides by that. Your responsibility is to fall in line with the law, to fall in line with how things are done. We have police officers for a reason. We have doctors for a reason, therapists for a reason, medicine. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. So if you ever have a leadership or a ministry who is asking you to keep your mouth shut about anything that's illegal, I would say huge, huge red flag and call the police 100% because that should never be like God, God is not going, God doesn't create something like that and establish order and make such a big deal about it. Like he did all over the Bible, just to look at one person in ministry and say, but you can be an exception. That's not what he does. Thank you, ladies. Like I said, in every other podcast, we will have resources provided below on leadership books and even on some books that we've read about trauma, about the brain, healing, recovering that has been really helpful to our lives. So thank you so much.